welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. I am, of course, your host, Mark Nez, the neighbor there where I'm pointing. You can't see them, but you can probably hear them because they are mowing their lawn. They're mowing it right by my window right now. Holy crap. I could postpone the recording of this, but uh, I don't want to, so... Enjoy the, 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 the lawn mowing. It'll be temporary. But uh, I got some games to talk about. Quite a few games. Not that much in terms of what I've been watching because I've been mainly focused on Deep Space Nine. I could talk about Deep Space Nine, but I'm kind of sick of it. I think you're definitely sick of it. And by sick of it, I mean sick of me talking about it, listening to me talk about it, and hearing me talk about anything Star Trek related. I'm enjoying the show. It's my favorite Star Trek so far. Overall, my hair is just a freaking mess, man. Oh my God, it's so crazy. It's a freaking mess. I didn't put enough product in it, so it's not, it's not holding enough, and it's just... It's driving me crazy. It makes me want to restart the show and fix it, but I, I won't. But Deep Space Nine, it's fantastic. There were a handful of not-so-great episodes in the middle of Season 2, one only of which was very, very bad, and that is where they try to start and end a love story in the span of one episode so over the course of 42 or so minutes they introduce this character captain cisco falls in love with her she falls in love with him but there's this other crap going on and then she has to go away because there's a fucking figment of their imagination clone version of her ghost version whatever spirit version of her blah 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 she was the actress who played the stuck up broad <laughs> broad's not a good word to use she was the stuck up lady from anaconda's blood orchid what, what's the what's the full title of that one the good anaconda movie the second one which i saw in theaters twice Maybe three times when I was up in Minnesota looking at a college that I was potentially going to go to. MCAD, I believe it's called. The museum. <laughs> yeah. The college called the museum. No, the Minnesota or Minneapolis College of Art and Design? Yes? Maybe? I'm sure Lunchbox would be able to tell me that. It's something like that. Uh, I didn't go there. What would my life have been like if I had? Who knows? This probably wouldn't exist. And even though I would be in his neck of the woods, I may never have ever met Lunchbox. So, but Deep Space Nine is great. Overall, my favorite cast of characters. I have characters on other Star Trek shows I like more than most of the characters on here. I'm a big, big fan of Data. I like Shatner and I like Spock, Nimoy. But overall, the cast is, I, I want to say significantly better than the previous two shows. TOS didn't have a lot there in terms of regular cast members who were significant. We really only had 
Spock, Doctor, <laughs> not Shavako. What is it? What's his name? Doctor, Doctor Poopy Pants. I don't know. I don't remember his name. Doctor whatever and Captain Planet. Why? I can only remember William Shatner, Captain Kirk. Jesus Christ. Ooh 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 ooh. Doctor, Doctor. Doctor, 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 give me a break. I got a bad case of forgetting your name. Uh, but uh, TNG had a much bigger cast of regulars, and I thought a good portion of them were not that great. You all know how I feel about Dan Troy. We're already talking about Deep Space Nine and Star Trek way more than I was planning to, and way more than you want to hear. Deep Space Nine is great. Captain Cisco is the best captain. He's such a good captain. I like him a whole bunch, and I don't hear he gets better, especially when he shaves his head and grows the goatee. So I'm excited to continue watching it. I'm almost done with season two. I'm almost done with Ninja Turtles 2003, and I've watched some movies here and there. Nothing I really feel compelled to talk about, so I just want to get to the games and all that. I'm in a weird mood it seems so uh, there's a wide variety of stuff and i'm gonna start with the game i just played a little bit of which is called priest simulator this is a first person shooter in early access on pc developed by a polish developer the voice acting is in polish which is fun for me as a sicilian polak i understood some of it so every time i'd hear a word i knew and i'd see the subtitles and be like yeah that, that subtitle, that, that goes with that word that they said. Like, niedobrze, no good. When my my grandmother uh, went through Alzheimer's, one thing she forgot along the way was English. So to communicate with her, I just learned some basic Polish. One of the most basic things would just be, jak się masz, dobrze, niedobrze, jak się masz, dobrze, niedobrze, which is just asking someone, how are you, good, not good? And, yeah, that's a fun part for me. That's not going to be fun for most people, though. However, the rest of the game is not any fun. I thought this was going to be another one of them throwback boomer shooter type of things. I think that's what I read or what was pitched to me when I saw the little email saying if I'd want to code or whatnot. But the first 20 minutes... You start off fighting against some big bad boss. You play some dude who is a vampire in hell. Hell is all about creating havoc for other people there. And you are a streamer in hell, essentially. A young vampire. And you go around creating mayhem, doing shit. You get thrown into their shoes and fight off against a big bad boss. That's the opening to the game. It's very, very talky, too. In addition to the fighting, you get a lot of exposition, a lot of chatter, a lot of cutscenes that transition weird from scene to scene. It just kind of cuts oddly, and there's a little bit of a delay, and it's like, oh, is this? All right. And again, early access, early access. But after you defeat this boss, you get in an elevator, and you're, I think she's your ex-girlfriend, but just works with you now in your streaming career. You get into an elevator, you try to go up a few levels, but she breaks it by pushing a 
button too many times or some shit and you fly up in the sky and of course you go all the way up to earth and there's a priest there the the visuals most of the characters look like wooden puppets and some look like sock puppets weird looking shit but the priest curses you takes away your vampire powers and then locks you in the church and forces you to do a bunch of menial tasks like mopping up the walls putting crosses on the wall well first collecting wood so you can create crosses to put on the wall that don't hurt you so you're all good because they think he puts another spell on you so that you won't get harmed when doing church shit you gotta clean up the garbage you gotta do a bunch of stupid dumb shit and after 20 minutes of that I said to myself maybe this game gets good and I can actually start fighting and doing fun shit, but they are throwing so much of this horrible shit on me right at the beginning, and there are a lot of cutscenes, a lot of talking that I started skipping through, and even then, I still dealt with a lot of it. So it's not a great intro. It's not a great way of making your audience want to keep playing, at least for me. Some people like this weird shit. I think this game speaks to the kind of people who really enjoy the numbered postal games. It's got that kind of vibe going for it without the super offensive humor, if you want to call it that, and shit like that. It's trying to be more clever, at least with its humor. And it could work. The whole streamer thing, vampire from hell being sent to Earth, and becoming the lackey of this priest but forcing me to do all this busy work and just keep doing it and then every time I do a task I have to go back to this phone and have a stupid conversation with the priest go do this shit now alright can I get the fuck out of this goddamn church that's right goddamn church Woo. and I'm like why are we here what are we doing I don't want to do this and I, I stopped playing after the 20 minutes that I played it for. I, I was tasked with cleaning up 40 bags of garbage or some shit and cleaning 12 to 18 to 27 satanic things on walls with my mop. I'm not doing this anymore. So maybe it'll get better as it is continuously developed. But people like it. People seem to like it. It got overall, or no, overall very positive reviews on Steam. But the recent ones, overwhelmingly positive. So I don't know if that's because they've been giving codes out and people are just like, yeah, it's free. Or this is just something that speaks to most people. But that is pre-simulator. Don't know what the price is. Early access, Steam, all that jazz. Control's fine. There are... A lot of weird things, though, that I'm sure are related to the early access nature of it and hopefully won't be there in the full game, like when I'm in the church and there's this section that's got, uh, I guess, a railing. I don't I don't know what you call it. it it's the top part, and there's a, a rail, but if you wanted to, you could just jump over it, right, and fall onto the main floor, except there's an invisible wall there. And... The stairs that lead up to that little section that I can't think of what the name of, it, of that would be called. It's driving me nuts right now. It's driving me freaking crazy. Balcony? Balcony? I guess you call it a balcony? When you're walking up there, the thing that 
the stairs are in. <laughs> when you look at it on the balcony, it looks like it's continuing and there should be another level, but it just ends before reaching the ceiling where you would assume a crawl space or something, an attic would be, and it it just looks unfinished. And that's, I mean, it's it's early access. It's early access, so it's hard to be too harsh on it. But the the structure of the game, I can be harsh on that. I'm not a fan of that. Then Deadlink is another one of them. Fast-based shooters where you're actually shooting. You're actually shooting. You're doing it, and it's super fast. It's a rogue light where you are some dude I don't remember because I, I I bounced off this pretty quickly as well also on Steam don't know if it's technically early access or not got a code for it like everything else and you're thrown into these levels they're all very arena based you get to a section of the level and then you fight off a wave of enemies through uh, two weapons. I don't know if you get new weapons as you keep playing, but you have a... <laughs> you have a... You, I accidentally... I have my hands on the mouse and keyboard like I'm going to play this podcast I'm recording. And I accidentally pushed the W key and it just changed the game I'll, I'll be talking about at some point later in this episode. Lemon Cake to Lemon Quake. Quake. Lemon Quake. Lemon Quake would be a cool game. Quake, but with lemons. Oh my god. But uh, deadly, deadly, deadly. We got two weapons in your arsenal a shotgun and a rocket launcher. The shotgun has unlimited ammunition, I think. But then the rocket launcher has two rockets, which you refill by punching these things that are scattered across the environment. You also have an area of an effect blast that will stun enemies and a grapple that you could use to grapple onto very specific things, certain objects in the environment and enemies. And it feels not too bad to move around and shoot, but the shotgun, for one, feels horrible. And many people say this, it's a common thing, and it is a common thing for a reason. If the shotgun doesn't feel good, we've got a problem. And the shotgun feels like dog shit because unless you're right up on an enemy and shooting them in the head you will more than likely not kill them so having this shotgun that if you shoot them in the body right up close you're not guaranteed to kill them doesn't feel good and the fact that you have to be so up on them and shoot them in the head it might as well just be a high powered rifle and then the rocket launcher it's all right but the the, the ammunition mechanic of it is but it's 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 pretty tough i found it to be surprisingly tough right off the bat and maybe that's because they just want you to grind and grind and grind to get your currency so that you can then upgrade your character and ability and all this stuff but i just was not jiving with it at all after 30 minutes of playing it i got sick of it it, it felt all right like i said but it did not feel better than some of the games I've played of this nature earlier in the year, like Turbo Overkill, which well, I'll keep bringing up because that game is fantastic. I need to go back to it because they have updated it. Or even Warstride Challenges, or the game I talked about 
last episode or a few episodes ago, which was called Cultic, I think. And other games. This is on the low end in terms of first-person shooters and, and the comparison. The whatever. I, yeah, but that's deadly. And Super Woden GP is an isometric racer, very much so in the vein of classic games like Micro Machines and the like. Micro Machines was top down, I think. So more so like the arcade Super Off-Road game. I don't know if that was the same. I think Super Off-Road, the Baja, was behind the car. But then Super Off-Road 1 was the one that was isometric, but more pulled back and had the the arcade cabinet with the four steering wheels, or was it three? Either way, isometric. You've played games like this. Super Toy Cars, maybe. I can't remember which one has this kind of perspective, but not behind the car. Isometric, seeing the track in front of you, kind of, I don't know how, I'm, I'm describing this horribly. But the game feels surprisingly good. The problem with it, though, is that as fun as it is to control and play, it is an obvious grind fest right from the start. You are thrown into your basic campaign, the the UI and all that kind of stuff. Oh boy, the people who put this game together, I like the look of the game when you're playing it, but the UI and all these other things, they fucking love the watercolor filter in Photoshop and they just use that for everything. And it looks super tacky and makes the game feel low budget and worse than it is. I wish they would change that because it makes the game look or it, it gives one the impression that the game is going to be kind of shitty when it's actually a really fun game to play. But the story mode, main mode, whatever it's called, you have free races in there. I think it's the only mode, really. I don't think there are like ex exhibition races or anything. But you're just driving in these various tournaments or single races in order to place high so you can get currency to buy better vehicles. You can't upgrade your vehicles. You can paint them. And there's a car wash mechanic after you've done races because your car will get dirty. I don't think there's any reason to do that other than just doing it for the sake of doing the mini game, which is just repeatedly tapping the button and watching the car spin and then water splurts out and it's, oh my car is clean but it didn't actually look that much dirtier before this so did it, did it actually do anything <sighs> i don't know but the actual racing feels really good it's just it's it's going to be a grind 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 so if that doesn't sound appealing you're gonna want to hold off you start off the game with four thousand credits limits your limit see the cars you can use and then you're just doing races if you win you'll get a thousand credits but even if you end up in six you'll get maybe in like the 200 credit range and you just keep racing and racing and racing and racing and racing and racing so that you can eventually get 
the fancier cars because again no upgrading your cars that's the weird thing to me about this game the lack of car upgrades or cartooning or anything like that you really are forced to just grind 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 which is a little disappointing i i enjoyed playing it but the ryan i saw immediately in front of me made me less excited to keep playing than i would have been had it been maybe a little toned down then hat up is a simple side-scrolling 2d platformer not side-scrolling though it's all single screen I, I don't i don't think any of them were big enough to have any scrolling in them and you play a little dude little pixel dude who has to put on a hat in order to leave the level the door that ends the level won't open to you unless you're wearing your hat pretty simple at the start but it gets more complicated as your hat will affect the environment one even when you put your hat on if you walk under a small platform or a low platform that your hat wouldn't clear the hat will come off which sometimes you need to do it's strategic to do this because when you have your hat on certain platforms will show up or, or be active in the environment and when your hat isn't on some platforms will not be but also some other ones will be active you also get new abilities over the course of your playthrough you have a double jump which is nice but you will have the ability to do a dash uh, without your hat after a dozen or so levels and if you have your hat on you can't dash then there will be areas that you just think it, it's it's simple it's straightforward throws out the achievements very fast and and very uh liberally and it's all right it's all right i had a good enough time playing through the 20 to 30 ish levels i played through it was a fine old time so if you like simple 2d platformers that progressively get a bit more challenging it's worth looking into it's probably a four or five dollar game uh, again had up then we've got lemon wake that's actually lemon cake this is a game where you go into an old bakery and you're like what the fuck is this bakery then a ghost is there and she's like <gasps> someone's in my bakery you like fucking baked goods you like lemon cake i like lemon cake Lemon cake is good. Isn't lemon cake... Wait, isn't lemon cake what Dave Chappelle used in his Black Bush segment as an example of weapons of mass destruction? It wasn't It was, It was. wasn't actually him. It was most death and whoever he was. Secretary of Defense or whatever. Like, hey, look at this, this lemon cake. Or is it... It was some kind of cake. I think it was lemon cake. Maybe it was just yellow cake. Maybe it was just yellow cake. Lemon cake is yellow though so you could call it yellow cake Ooh, oh my god but lemon cake you go in there the ghost is like hey you wanna you wanna you want some lemon cake and you're like i can make cake and she's like can you make cake and then you bake her some bread and she's like you're not bad at baking why don't we open this store and start fucking selling baked goods and you're like all right sure and then that's that's what the game is the game is just about open up this bakery 
improving it, upgrading it. And it's really, really pleasant. It's very nice. It's got a very, very cute, colorful aesthetic. The way it works is that you have your storefront with the table. Initially, you just have the one table for customers. They'll come in, you go to them, activate, no, you don't want to say activate them. You initiate conversation, interact. That's what it was. Activate, interact. They're all the fucking same. I'm pressing the W again. But you interact with them. They'll tell you what you want. And then you go back into the kitchen. You got your little stove. You only have one active at the time. You can fix the other ones as you progress and earn money that you use to upgrade your kitchen and your, your restaurant in general. And you take the ingredients. You put them in a bowl. You mix them together. Some don't need to be baked. Some do. Like the little... It's not, it's not a cinnamon swirl, but it's some kind of swirl thing. That doesn't need to be baked. You just make that, and then you take it out, and you give it to them. You'll unlock stuff pretty early on, like a display case, which will appease to customers and get them to come in, and sometimes they'll see it, and they'll just take that and buy that from you, which is nice and easy to do. But it's, it's simple and straightforward. The weird thing is that your... Your kitchen will just get dirty with dough and shit on the ground. How it gets there, I don't know. That's the confusing aspect of it. It's just an excuse for you to have to do the cleaning mechanic, which is to go and pick up the broom on the wall and clean that shit up. But I am more so curious about how that shit even got on the ground in the first place. Because you're the only one working there. The ghost ain't doing anything. Ghost is just there for the story and, and shit. And being all cute. But you got a little bedroom too. You customize your character. You're very cute. It's all very, very cute. And I liked it. It, when I looked at the skill tree, there are multiple skill trees. There are unlocked trees more so. And they had the one for, I think, more so cosmetics in your character. And then your actual restaurant and the kitchen. And maybe your bedroom. There's a, there's a lot there. So you'll be spending a lot of time with the game and just relaxing with it if it is your jam. It is $30, which seems a little bit steep, but not as steep as our next game, which is Bunny Park. And Bunny Park is another game. These are both Sudesco games. And, and they're both similarly very cute and colorful and about managing very simple space in lemon cakes case you're managing this bakery uh, with a restaurant restaurant section in the front and, and just dealing with customers baking the goods it never gets too overwhelming so it's not like overcooked where you're gonna get overwhelmed really fast at least in what i played it was pretty chill and relaxing the whole time which i appreciate and i could see myself playing that a lot more Bunny Park, fucking different story. Bunny Park, you're just thrown into this bunny park and there's no bunnies there at the start. It's buttered with branches and pieces of wood, weeds, etc. And all you do in the game, one, holy shit, navigating the UI is a fucking mess. I hated it. It's very, very frustrating. But 
bunnies will show up over time as you clean up your park and expand it and add decorations to it, more things for them to do, more snacks that they can eat. But all you do is collect the coins that they drop when they're happy after they've eaten this or that, the, the bunnies that show up, which isn't clear how you do it. You just kind of have to move your on-screen cursor over the coin over and over and over again until it decides that, uh, okay, fine, we've picked it up now. So that's, that's weird. But you just go around clicking and holding the A button on all the various pieces of debris to remove them. You'll eventually be able to afford a butterfly, which can do that for you or help you with that. That's what you're doing. It's so boring and so slow. There isn't any kind of upgrade thing or anything. And even after I had two different snack patches, I had a, a little carrot garden and a lettuce garden or something to try and make it so the fucking three bunnies that had joined my park at that point would be happy all the time. They kept asking for fucking snacks all the fucking time on screen. Fucking Mophead wants a snack. Fluffy wants a snack. Shit face. Dumb. It's just snack, snack, snack. I want a snack. I want a snack. You can't make them so upset that they'll leave, it seems. But they'll keep asking you for your stupid snack. And shit will just keep popping up in the environment that you have to hold your button on. And it was just a tedious, boring no. Big fat no. Thankfully, I played it before Lemon Cake, and maybe that made Lemon Cake feel even better, is the fact that it came after Bunny Park. Then the last game I played is Broken Pieces, which is an action-adventure game way more in the adventure side, or way more on the adventure side than the action side. Uh, think of it like point-and-click adventure games, where you are in this relatively small space. It takes place on a coastal city, coastal town, in... France, presumably, because it's made by a French developer. There's French in the game. And a lot of the gameplay involves solving puzzles, which require you to look at clues, be very aware and conscious of what's in your environment and, and making sure you, you spot things and notice things, go into different places to discover clues and information that will help you with other puzzles. And there's something that could be interesting there. there. There's mysteries in this town. There are these giant pillars of I don't know what coming out from the sea. And no other human beings so far that I've interacted with. I played the game for an hour, an hour and a half maybe. And I could see the game maybe being good. But one of the problems is that the action, when it does arise, because you'll get into it, it issues or instances where enemies will show up. They'll just pop up. They're like spirit enemies or some shit. And it gets into its battle mode where you can't leave a specific area and you just have to shoot them. It feels like dog shit. The action feels horrible. You just have your left trigger. You hold it in, locks onto an enemy, and you shoot. 
and then they'll attack you in weird ways, but you just press the A and it does this really weird dodge animation and you can not dodge and then you probably end up getting hit and it it felt really 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 bad you have infinite ammo i'm pretty sure you have limited heavy or high quality ammo because it's hq and lq so i'm assuming it's high quality and low quality the low quality you have infinite of and you just you just shoot 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 dodge 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 it seems that the dodge is just if you press it you'll dodge it doesn't matter what you're looking at on screen and if it looks like you should have been hit doesn't matter if you if you fucking dodge it just count <laughs> okay it's just it's not fun to play then the puzzles they're okay but there's some weird logic going on in not even the puzzle solving aspect but in the what the fuck are you doing character way for example i got the combination of this locker i may have cheated to get the combination because i thought i got the right combination I went all the way over to this one area, saw this number on a boat and just assumed without really thinking, oh, that must be the number because it's four digits and it's on a boat. And I read that the thing that I was looking for, this number would be on a boat. All right, I'm not going to look anymore. Bucked it back, bucked it. I, I ran back or walked back to the place where I needed to input this code. It didn't work. I'm like, oh, I don't want to keep playing anymore. And I looked it up online. But when I unlocked the locker to get the valve, which I needed to complete another puzzle, I was carrying too many heavy items, so I had to drop it. And I dropped the axe I was holding so that I can pick up the valve. But you know what happened when I tried to get the valve? For whatever reason, this is the 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 narrative, the, the technical thing that happened in the game. Apparently, the character decided to, after opening the locker and trying to get the valve and realizing it's just too heavy, it can't carry it, they left the valve in the locker, closed the locker door, put the lock back on it, and then randomly jumbled up the numbers so that I had to re-input them all again and unlock the locker again after I dropped the axe to get the valve. I thought this was stupid as hell, and I hated it. It didn't make any sense that a character would do this, that a person would do this. Hey, I walked all around fucking town to find the combination for this lock. I found it in my ways, and then I unlocked it, and I realized I can't, I can't make, I can't carry this right now. I need to put something away. So instead of just saying, hold, hold up a minute, wait a minute, let me just, let me just put this thing away. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be right back. No. I want to make sure that no other person, even though I've never run into anyone else here, no one else can come here and take this when I'm dropping this axe on the ground. That's going to take me a fucking second to do. It also has a really weird sharpening filter across the whole thing. And it looks really, really bad because of that, which is too bad because... I think it could look all right without the excessive sharpening. Holy, it is really, really, really bad. And there's no setting. I don't think that uh, would have allowed me to turn that down. I hate, I hate sharpening. I hate it so much. But it is just an incredibly rough, rough, rough game. And feels horrible when the action starts. 
when you're just doing the adventure game stuff, it feels fine. It feels like one of those, it just feels like any other 3D adventure game where you go around solving puzzles and the puzzles are fine, but the action element does suck. There's a time thing where you have to make sure you get home before I think 8 p.m. But time moves so slowly. I don't, I don't know how slowly time was moving when you're just exploring a space. But it seemed like it was moving incredibly slowly. The time jumps more significantly when traveling between areas. It'll tell you it's going to take you an hour and ten minutes to go from here to this other location. I think that's probably the the main way in which time jumps around. But it is just a very, very rough game. And I cannot recommend it. Badly. But that is it in terms of what I've been playing. So, uh... I think I'm going to wrap things up there. Get on to the patron question. The single patron question from one Lunchbox, who I mentioned earlier in the show. Are you going to do the co-op Call of Duty stuff with your dad? If so... Recording it? Recording it? Are you recording it? Uh, maybe. Maybe. In all honesty, I didn't know there was co-op stuff in there. Also, I played a little bit of the new Call of Duty. Just to test out 120 FPS for the first time, which feels pretty good. 120 feels pretty good. Feels pretty solid. That's what the FPS stands for. 120 feels pretty solid, baby. And I don't know. I'm really worried about this Call of Duty and my, and my dad. What I played, I did not enjoy. On Recruit, it's still easy to die really quickly. And they've introduced something that I don't think was in any of the other Call of Duty games, which are armored enemies that are just there as an excuse to sponge up bullets like crazy right from the get-go and my dad is going to not enjoy though just the general structure of the game there's a lot more of doing shit and having to take cover and not just being a bombastic action game like previous Call of Duty's as someone who's not really played a lot of them over the last Ten years or so. The the last like Conan who was there when I was just futzing around with the game. The last one I outside of Ghost, which I played for Tat the Backlog, which I think is also technically older. I think it was the game before the last one I, I played on my own. Which was Advanced Warfare, the one where you kill Kevin Spacey in the end. I haven't really fucked around with Call of Duty. He's managed to beat every other Call of Duty. But I'm, I'm concerned. I am concerned because even the structure of levels can be on the more confusing, more open-ish side. Not really open. It, it just, it, I was very not impressed by what I played outside of the 120 FPS thing, which is not anything to do with the game. It just me being like, oh, all right, 120 over 60 is noticeable to me. Fuck, I don't like this. I wish I didn't notice it. It it doesn't make 60 bad. I still think 60 is pretty good. 30 is 30 is the rough one to go back to. I I, woo, 
I don't think there's an option, but it would have been interesting to go from Call of Duty 120 to Call of Duty 30. But I'm pretty sure every Call of Duty has always been 60, and I don't think you can force it into 30 for whatever weird reason if you wanted to. But uh, that's it in terms of questions and all that jazz. So, you know, we had a short episode, which is it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's all good, people. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's gonna do it. it's been a weird week. It's been a weird week because I caught up with a lot of stuff. I wrapped up the outstanding, it's had the backlog and second run episodes that I had in the works that needed to be finished. And after I caught up with everything and didn't have anything in my work, hobby, etc. backlog, I just kind of didn't know what to do with myself. I was kind of, in a way, letting myself relax and just decompress, which is good, but it's also weird for me because I'm not used to it. So I'm still sort of in that phase where I'm, I'm decompressing to some extent, but also thinking about my future plans and what I want to play next, what I want to do in terms of streaming, how I want to go about streaming or anything like that. And it's just lots of thoughts and just kind of letting life in general not overwhelm me right now. So, you know, hopefully hopefully this episode was still entertaining. Too many games, though. I think I, I spread myself across too many things so that in the end, when I was talking about everything, you're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know what this game is based off of what you just said. And you know what I say to that? <gasps> but I'm very excited to eventually put out the episode, Attack the Back, episode for uh, Need for Speed Payback. I'm, I'm very happy with how that one turned out. The Slam Rush one was just kind of like, whatever. I experimented to some degree, some degree with all of them. The Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance second runs episode is the first and only one I've done so far where I just recorded clips and not full. I didn't record my entire playthrough. I just did a bunch of five minute clips, 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 clips and I put the, the episode together with that. And I think it came out pretty all right. Slime Rancher is the first time I've used a piece of audio from the soundtrack uh, as background music for the whole episode. And then Payback is not that experimental, but has a lot of clips in it. It's just, I think that episode turned out very well. And I think it's a fun episode for a game that wasn't that fun to play for 20 hours or however many hours I put into that thing. Anywho, that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nice. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere. I don't... I don't know how much longer I'm going to be saying on Twitter. I, I was thinking about finally, after I decompressed and I didn't have anything on my plate, I thought I can finally get back to tweeting and doing that again. And then all the Elon Musk stuff happened because I didn't even realize he was being forced to buy it because he wasn't going to be able to back out or some shit or whatever. And then he owned it and then shit was going on. And I'm like, what is happening? You want me to pay $5 a month to get the privilege of being able to edit my tweets and now there's some talks about an $8 plan a month so that you can get the verification like what is happening 
Do people even want to engage with Twitter anymore? But for the for the time being, you can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Austin. I could just say that. I don't need to say you can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere. You can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. That is my handle on YouTube. I don't know if they've activated that, but I've been getting I've gotten emails about the handles for months and months and months. So I don't know if that's active yet, but pretty much everywhere I am at PX Sausage. If you'd like to find all my links of import, you can do so over at pixelatedsausage.com slash PXS. And if you enjoy this here show or any of the shows I do or stuff in general I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash PXS to support me and my nonsense that way. Come on, just two more people. That's all I want. That's all I'm asking for. Two people, dollar a month. Yeah, like, if you can't afford a dollar a month, why even listen to this? Honestly, that's $12 a year. That is less than one month subscription to Netflix or other places as well. Come on. Come on. Just two. Just two. Patreon.com slash PXS. Any who? That is it. That is all. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend. So for now, adios. Arrivederci. Bye.